The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. It's so good to be with you today. I'm just so excited to be hosting. We can tell. Is that a problem? <laughs> that just brought me so much joy. <laughs> Anyways, like I was saying, as always, I'm your host. I'm here with Brandy, Angie, and Ben. Ben. I feel like you got something for us today. What's up? I do. Everyone has been given a card that has a question on it. Who's surprised? <laughs> so we're going to spend some time getting to know everybody today. Ben, Ben's the question man. He's the card carrying He's commentator. He's actually going to answer his questions carrying today, too. Yeah. Commentator. <laughs> yep. So, hey, what a great way to get to know people, right? Yep. So we all have questions we're going to ask uh, of each other, and we'll answer them. Get to know each other a little bit today. All right, I guess I'll go first. What's more disgusting, your car, your desk, or your bathroom at home? Definitely my bathroom at home. My bathroom. Sad to say. Girl problems. Well, funny story about that. <laughs> so my wife, my beautiful wife, the lady that God gave me, she always complained about my car being so stinky. Mm. Like, yeah, Tyler, your car stinks. <laughs> and uh, come to find out, there was a waffle <laughs> <laughs> under the passenger seat of my car. Don't be blaming Nancy for that. I'm just saying I don't eat waffles in the car. <laughs> so I'm assuming a little bit. But my car. Your car. Oh, we. It yeah. was terrible. That's interesting. <laughs> All right. I'll go next. What song do you wish was playing every time you walked into work? Like a personal walk-up song. Yes. <laughs> the dream, right? Mm. I don't know what it says about me, but my first thought was, all I do is win. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going with more than able. We're going to take this oh, to Oh, come on, Pastor. That's, that's <laughs> a great song. I can listen to that song every day of my life. Okay. First one that came to my mind was Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Nice. Classic. Angie, you yeah, got I'm gonna one? pass on that one. <laughs> no songs. Well, if Angie's passing on that one, um, then I'll go ahead and ask my question. <laughs> when did you realize you were getting old? <laughs> Angie, I would like for you to start. Why? I, I have been blessed to work with someone that reminds me every three seconds that I'm getting old. <laughs> Angie just said, oh, "We got to read these questions. Where are my glasses?" <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> Is that your answer? I guess. <laughs> I think mine was when I realized that loud noises really bother me a lot. <laughs> I've got a left ankle that pops every time I lay down. <laughs> yeah, when my knee started predicting the rain. Oh, gosh. You know, or that time Brandy made sure to oh, remind no. me. We were at the gathering for um, all of our college for students. For all of our college students, yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember how it came. Like, I think I said something like, I need a name tag <laughs> that, make so pe- that differentiates and makes sure that people know that I'm on staff, that that's why I'm here. 
And Brandy looked at me and was like, you do not look like these college students. And I was like, what? That guy right there looks older than me. Oh, but he didn't. But she just continued. To, she continued to beat that drum like, no. I was like, okay. Mm, I'm sorry. Well, my question is, what gives you road rage? The road construction on Interstate 59. Oh, so Currently much at the rage. moment. Yes. Everything. <laughs> You just drive mad all the time? Sometimes I'm really working on it. Mm, okay. <laughs> I think road rage for me comes more from when my husband's driving. Oh. It, I, I can't handle it. It terrifies me. Like I, That's when I am the, the most like anxious and have the most rage. Hey, he's just, playing games. He's, he's got places to be. He terrifies me. You cannot and should not be that close to the car in front of you, hmm. ever. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my road rage comes from people who drive 20 miles per hour under the speed limit. Like, I will drive over the top of you. That I've might have friend. also been a time I realized I was getting older, too. <laughs> when I drove behind you. <laughs> when you reminded me of I, that. I've got a friend who got pulled over for driving too slow. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, road rage. So much. I bet he gets good gas mileage. Oh, <laughs> it's not worth it. And like we were saying, Romans chapter 15... <laughs> The real stuff. You're such a pro at this. There we go. We're going to look at Romans chapter 15 this morning uh, and let that lead us into Romans chapter 16. Mm-hmm. I think we've got some pretty cool stuff to share today. So, Brandy, if you would take us away, would you read chapter 15, verses 1 through 7? We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. One of the things that just jumped out at me was when he was talking about the strong need to bear the failings of the weak. And I think we talked about this two months ago. This was one of the first uh sections or passages that we covered. Uh, But I've always assumed that the Jewish people were the more spiritually mature Mm -hmm. because they had been in the church for forever and that the Gentiles were the weak. But what Paul is saying is the the weak are the ones who have to follow all of these rules in order to feel like they are close to God. And just right before this, in uh, chapter 14, verse 23, it says that... uh, Everything that is done not from faith is sin. And I was talking with a guy who is an inmate in Stone County, recently saved, loves the Lord, trying to figure it out. And as as we were talking the other day, just it, it was so apparent that he was like, "Well, what do I have to do to make God happy with me, and and so that He's not mad at me?" Like, what time should I pray? How long should I pray? How many chapters should I read? And it was all of these questions. And um, I just think so many of us have that mentality of we have to do all these things to please the Lord, to be strong. But in actuality, Paul is saying, no, 
Jesus came, he gave you life. You are going to spend an eternity in heaven with him. Let everything else that you do derive from that idea right there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then do whatever you want. See, that is so sad to me, though, because like, just to think that somebody genuinely wants to know, how do I please God? How, how do I please God? When that is the gospel, like, He loves you. Yep. Like, He is pleased with you. Like, do you see your value? Do you see your worth? Do you see why He died for you? Like, the, the true heart behind it, you know? So, uh, man, I really hope that He walked away knowing that. And it makes me think about kind of our conversation a little bit last week um, about like the patterns of this world and and our thought processes and mm-hmm. um, that pattern of thinking that exists in the world somewhat or, or in culture and society that we're all susceptible to every day. Mm-hmm. Like it's a struggle of a, that achievement or. Um, what do, what do I have to do? What, am, what do I have to do today? You know, what, is that, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, the, right after that, verse 2, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. Just reminded me of a constant theme that we've had in our conversations of like, my faith's not about me. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not. It's not just, it's not all about me. Um, but it's about those around me and how God wants to use me to build others up around me. Yeah, we keep circling that theme. It's mm-hmm. not about me. <laughs> and in, in verse 7, it, it, it says, accept one another, then just as Christ has accepted you. And then we're going to jump over to chapter 16, and we see a list of all of these names of people who Paul has accepted and has counted as worthy enough to uh, partner with them to share the gospel, to build the church. So I want us to talk for a few minutes about some of these people. We're not going to read all of this. Um, It's a little heavy. I can't pronounce half of the names. Yeah, please don't make me read. (laughs) Randy. I will butcher it. (laughs) So let's do it this way. As you study chapter 16, what stood out to you? Who are some people that stood out to you? Well, I think before we get there, we probably should just point out the fact of how important names are. Um, Because often, I know I'm so guilty of this, this is not the only section of Scripture where you get to and you see a bunch of names listed, and you're just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to get past to the next paragraph. (laughs) And it's so important. I mean, Paul listed these names for a reason. They They are people, and they have stories. And if you see his heart behind this, and he's saying, you know, greet this person for this specific reason. They're a person in the life of Paul that he loves. And so if you think about your life and people that have meant so much to you and you were trying to tell somebody about that, it would have so much meaning as to like what they've done for you, for you to mention them by name. Um, so I just think the importance of, of realizing that he's called these people by name and also, I guess in your own experience, thinking of times that you've felt important because somebody remembered or called you by name. So there's a lot to be said there. Um, I know in John ten three, it talks about how the sheep know his voice and he calls mm-hmm. them by name. Mm-hmm. So like Jesus specifically places so much importance on names. And before we get there, I just want to point that, that out. That's a good point. I also want to point out that uh, Paul, who was, as he said, a Hebrew of Hebrews, you know, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was as uh, legalistic 
um, as religious as anybody. And then he has an encounter with Jesus, and he no longer sees himself in this position of high authority, but he sees himself as a servant of Jesus. And that's how he looks at the people around him. And uh, I think it was Romans chapter 12 that we looked at last week. He said, um, in accordance with the grace that has been given to me in view of God's mercy. And I think that's such an appropriate way for how we should live our lives. Instead of um, trying to elevate our name, make ourselves known, all that kind of stuff, it's to see one another as a gift. Serve your neighbor, love your neighbor above yourself. So Paul lists out a, what, 27? 27. 27 names. So Brandy, it, let's start with you. Okay. Uh, he mentions in, in the first verse, he mentions Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Who is she? What's the significance of that? Yeah, so um, kind of going back to what Angie was talking about, I'm a, a little ashamed to say that I am one of the ones who would skip over the list of names a lot. Um, but just recently have found it to be so cool, like when I do a little background digging into their names, you know. So um, I know we've talked about it a lot, but the Blue Letter Bible, <clears throat> the commentaries on chapter 16, it took it basically person by person and told you a little bit more about the significance of each one. And that was just really cool. But Phoebe specifically did stick out to me the most uh, just because, well, first of all, she's listed first. And Angie and I talked about this, and I know we joke about my upbringing and (laughs) uh, how fun that really was in church, you know, but um, you know, the message given to women was just really not one of importance. Um, And I love that scripture tells us the exact opposite, you know, and not only was Phoebe named by name, but you know, it wasn't just, Hey, this woman who was a servant of the church, it was Phoebe. Um, And it talks about her as not only was she worthy of the saints and telling them, hey, help her in whatever she may need, uh, but it talks about how she was a patron of many and to Paul himself as well. And that church, the place that she's from, I learned that it was like a port city and that many of the people there would have worshipped the gods of the water, of the ocean, whatever. Um, And Phoebe would have been almost like a lighthouse for the Christians in that town. You know, Mm -hmm. her house would have been a shelter, a place where people could come and be cared for. And it could have meant a ton of different things about how she was a patron. It could have been money. It could have been time. It could have been shelter. Um, But yeah, I just love that about her. And also learned that she was probably the one who took this letter to the Roman church. And I would have never known that if I hadn't done a little digging. Mm. And just the significance there that Paul, Hebrew of Hebrews, writing to a Greek culture who values the firstborn male, nobody else, and the very first person he lists is a woman. Yeah. That before Christianity, women in culture had no value, mm-hmm. but Jesus is the one who said women matter, children matter. Can I also just point out, I learned they never speak of a husband. So it doesn't mean that she wasn't, but the assumption is that she was a single woman. And just the way that she used her life for the Lord, I don't know, I think more than anyone, the church has counted out the single women over time and in history. Uh, But Paul here is saying the exact opposite, that she was really important and she had a lot of worth. And yeah, I just love that. 
all the single ladies. <laughs> Is that your walkout song now? Yes. (laughs) I would like to change my answer. Way to bring it back. (laughs) Angie, Ben, any any names of folks that stood out to you? Go ahead, Ben. Um, Before before the names, I was just, the thing that stood out to me is um, a lot of reference to church meeting in their homes. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, Brandy, just gave a lot of background about Phoebe and her home and how God use has used homes. Um, yeah, for the first 200 years of the church, mm-hmm. they met in homes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it specifically points out Priscilla and Aquila, it says to greet the church that meets in their home. Yep. So we know for sure that they had a house church. House church, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Which goes back to when we started house churches. If you go back to 2020 and the lockdowns and everything, I remember one of the statements that Jeff made was, he said that the early church survived persecution. And we've been shut down to a pandemic. Mm -hmm. He's like, something's off there. We've got to figure this out. And we see first 200 years of Christianity, Mm -hmm. it was strictly in homes. Yep, house churches are poverty, persecution, and pandemic proof. I remember that. Yep. (laughs) Another thing that I saw was it notes several times, like, greet this person in Christ or in the Lord, in Christ, in the Lord. Like, it says it specifically. And um, it just kind of promotes this idea of being unified. Like, we're in this together. These are people that you are striving to spread the gospel with together. And he's saying, hey, welcome, Phoebe. You don't know her yet, but love her well. Like, she she is incredible, and he's speaking on her behalf to these same people that she's going to be on their team, like work together with her, and and he proceeds to just kind of list out what all these people have done. But that in Christ just signified so much of the knowledge and knowing that that we understand what we were delivered from, and we've talked a lot about the wrath of God, but being rescued and what Jesus is work on the cross has done and being unified together on this side of it in Christ mm-hmm. brings so much encouragement because often you just kind of feel alone in your situation or circumstance or, or kind of like, you know, does anybody else even understand? In reality, you're not alone at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's really letting, letting us know that there is value in other people in our lives and there's value to having a team and a church around you. It's it's not like, hey, let's put all the spiritually mature people over here in this corner. Let's put all the immature over here in this corner, the older over here, the younger over here, and let's separate it out. He's saying, no, let's bring everybody together because there's strength in us building one another up. And practically, I think he's given us a great example, like it's just through the lens as a house church pastor to pause and think about, the people in your house church and all of the different roles that they play to build up the body of Christ, not just the role that you play as a house church pastor, but the the different spiritual gifts that God's put in your living room, the different, um, um, the access that people have to different parts of our community by the opportunities that God has given them and these people converge in one place in your living room each week. And then so Paul's example of acknowledging that and encouraging people in their specific unique roles and how they build up the body of Christ. 
I think is a really good practical reminder as a house church pastor too. Like don't underestimate the power of recognizing and helping someone see that, of, of calling them by name, writing them a letter, sending them a message, and showing them how you see God is using them to advance the gospel through their investment in your house church. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And, and I think one of the misconceptions in the church is that, you know, the, the pastor is going to be the one for that. He's equipped for that. He's called to that. And we really see that it is, it is everybody in this. I don't know about for y'all, but when I'm talking to somebody that I don't know and they find out I'm the preacher, <laughs> you know, in quotation marks, there's a preacher. It, it, they either get over, overly spiritual mm-hmm. or they get distant. And it's just weird. And then it's a fake conversation from there. And I, I think there's so much value in you being who you are, living the life that you live, and letting God speak through you. You don't have to be paid by the church. Yeah, I don't, I don't think um, it's an accident that... What verse is that? I feel like, Angie, I can't see it. <laughs> You're um, getting old. Uh, 23, Erastus. Is that how you say it? Angie, will you hand me in your readers? <laughs> <laughs> but then it says, who is the city's director of public works? You know, like, I don't think it's an accident that he's listed, like, what his vocation is. Yeah. Can we hit one more name and then bring it to a conclusion? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, chapter, tw- I mean, <laughs> chapter, <laughs> chapter 16, verse 22. I, Tertius, I found this so interesting. Tertius is the name for three in Latin, or really the name third. And um, th- so who he was was the th- either he was a third-born child or he was born in the month of three, whatever the third month was. In other words, he was not significant enough to have a name. He was just named the number three. And it says, I, Tertius, I, the third, who wrote down this letter, I greet you in the Lord. So Paul, who is the best of the best, sees a guy named number three, and he says, I see value in you, so much so that I want you to be the writer of this book. I am going to speak, and you will have the privilege of writing it down. And not only that, Tertius finishes the rest of the chapter. He says, I, Tertius, I, I am writing to you. So Paul entrusts him to finish out the book of Romans. Yeah. Just find so much power in that when we see that people have value and people matter. Mm. That's really cool. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot though. Mm-hmm. This is a good chapter, guys. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you next time. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in house church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, Visit VentureChurch.org slash housechurch.